Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Behind the Veil, a show that provides insight into the world of weddings and events. I'm your host, Keith Willard. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about making sure they are before you say, I do. Because and when we get caught up in the pomp and circumstance, a lot of times the obvious things that come up that go, oh, wait, maybe this is not the right person for me, get kind of sugarcoated because you're planning and, and you think, oh, it's just the stress of the planning. And, oh, we, you know, things will be different after we get married. But will they? Hmm. So our guest today is Bethany Barton. She is a freelance um, writer out of L.A., but also a relationship expert and has written several books. But especially um, especially as I say, it, um, the, sometimes I forget couples forget the reason of it. Oh, my God. I just totally lost my brain. So let me bring on Marcy Gutenberg, who is my co-host and my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Wow. <laughs> I just yes. completely, you know, live, I, you got to love things that are live. <laughs> we we are thick in season and it's like the, the meetings and the, you know, putting everything together is just like overload at this point. I know. Uh, this is, I, well, we're about to go into our fourth season. Holy moly. Yes. I know. Oh. Which is great. I mean, like, I can't even believe it's been that long. Wow. I really can't either. And, you know, and, and by the way, it's apologies I never got. So now I have to apologize. <laughs> So let, let's bring her on. Bethany, welcome to the show. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> Hi, Bethany. Hi. So, so we're excited about, to have, about having you on the show because this is one of those areas that is tricky, 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 right? We, you yes. know, when you get into the, the, the planning stages of a wedding, typically people assume that you're with the person that you're supposed to be with right? You you said, yes, okay, I'll marry you. And now you're about to say I do, but sometimes they're not the right person. And yes. sometimes you're like, wait, hold on. Wait, what? So, you know, tell us first of all, a little bit about like how you even came up with apologies I never got. Where did that all start? Yeah, well, it kind of initially started as a joke among friends where we would just go on these horrible dates and joke like, oh, that's an apology I'll never get. And then <laughs> I really started to connect to kind of the deeper aspect of it of, you know, there's so many apologies we get. And we really let, this, let those hold us back from, you know, good relationships or our futures or the life that we really want to live. Right. Um, you know, we'll say things like, oh, well, my ex cheated on me. So now I'm just suspicious of everyone or things like that. And really what we can do is write our own apologies for the ones that we never got and let those things go. Oh, smart. So like forgiving yourself. So that you can Giving yourself, on. forgiving them, even if they're not apologizing, but just kind of understanding, you know, the deeper meaning of we all make mistakes. We all, given the right circumstances, can do a vast array of it is, and just kind of understanding that there's no reason to let that haunt us in our future right. relationships. Well, and, and and that, and I think that um, we, when we get into the process of planning a wedding, we do sugarcoat some of those things that we kind of go, wait, you know, we're still human beings and you still need to treat me like a human being and treat me like somebody that you love and respect. And, and just because we're getting married doesn't mean that you get a blank check on tr treating me like crap. Right. That, that, that doesn't mean like you're stuck with me it means that we're still walking together towards this end result. So what are some like big like moments that you think that if you're in, if you're going towards the 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 I do moment, big mm -hmm. moments that you go, wait, let me let me think about that, because, you know, is it as simple as um, he no longer opens the door for me on the car or is it more more deep than that? I think it can really be such a range, right? And sometimes those little things are actually really representative of the bigger. So something like that could be more representative of a lack of general respect or thinking of someone's feelings. Um, but really, it's kind of just about getting honest with yourself of what you can really live with or without for the rest of your life. Because I think that's a little bit where people get into with the wedding planning and the excitement. And they're really 
capable of kind of being like, oh, I don't need to go camping ever again. It's not that important to me. But you're talking about for the rest of your life. So all these right. little things are bothering you now. This is the rest of your life. Are you okay with that? Or does that need to change before you say? Or is it kind of past the point of people really have to get very honest with themselves, which is very hard when you're very excited or, you know, feel like maybe you found the right mat. Like glaze become really big issues later down the road. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I think that's really smart to say that because we do, you know, once we've been in relationships for a really long time, you know, I've been with my partner for now 19 years and there are some things that have been, you know, uh, little bits and pieces along the way. And that I feel is just because relationships, you become more like each other. It's kind of like your pet. You start looking like your dog. Well, you start looking <laughs> more, more like, <laughs> like each other. Uh, and so I think that this has, a, this is very similar to that is that, you know, it's little instrumental pieces. Long-term is not the same as kind of short-term. You no longer respect me. We no longer do the things that I love to do. Uh, or you no longer allow me to do the things that I love to do. Is that something you, you think is is correct? Bethany, can you hear us? We're having a little connection issue, so I apologize about that. Could, did you hear us on that? Oh, I can, can hear you guys. Okay, perfect. So I, I think when... Like Keith, what you were saying about, um, you know, the connection. Yeah. I'm wondering if, you know, they say sometimes opposites attract. Because you said that you were with your partner for eight, uh, 19 years. Yeah. And married for what, 18, 17? No, seven. I'm going to get that wrong. Seven. I'm totally okay. going to get slapped later today. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so I also have been together with my husband for 19 years now. Um, right. Um, and we're celebrating our 18th coming up. So I, I wonder if like, you know, some people say, oh, well, opposites attract. And I'm wondering if that has any bearing on how people are as their relationship progresses over time. Do people get burnt out because maybe they're not finding that commonality? Interesting. Or is it that there's just that, that you know, that passion is so deep that it's right. not going to ever get to that point. Do, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, I think it really... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think it really comes down to is the compatibility of how people fit together. So if it is a natural fit, even if you're opposites, then you don't really get so burnt out because it is more of a natural... I think where you get into it is where you're very much opposite and one person is really trying to pull the other person or they weren't actually okay with them being opposites to begin with, because some people are fine going off and doing their own thing. They don't care if their partner comes camping. They don't care if their partner goes out with them, but a lot of people genuinely do care about that. Get really honest with what feels good and what level of compatibility you're genuinely at. If the opposite attracts and it works, right. that's where you're going to have success. If you're holding something back about what you genuinely want, that's where you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there because it's it's true. You know, when they say opposites attract, it doesn't mean always that opposites should be attracted to each other. <laughs> Let's just say right, that. Right. You know, I mean, extroverts with intro introverts. I, I get that. I totally right. under, understand that. But you know, sometimes if somebody really likes hunting and the other one's a vegetarian hmm i don't know right. if those two really should go together you know it's like yeah because then you're asking the other person to change fundamentally who they are and versus what they are currently you know you're thinking oh i can change them over time and i think that's the wrong way to walk into a relationship or if one right. is so domineering over the other one yeah and how do how does the one that is more quiet and more reserved, how do they come out and let themselves be who they are? If yeah. they're always doing what the other one wants. Right. And I think with the opposites attract, you see kind of a 
semblance of balance. So that's where you see working is people can kind of bring out the best qualities of each other. You know, if there's one really outgoing person and one kind of reserved, then maybe they complement each other and bring out good qualities. The outgoing person brings the introvert out of their shell. The introvert helps the extrovert, you know, come back inside a little bit. And so that's where you see it really working. And where you see it being kind of an issue is where it brings out the worst in each other. Or you have the one who's like, I'm not okay with them five nights a week, but they're just like, well, that's not a big deal. I'm not going to worry about it. You don't see that genuine compatibility from the opposites. I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, I am a different human being than I when I first met my, my husband. I mean, we used to <laughs> love going out on Tuesday nights to the bar and hanging out with our friends. And I don't think I've been into a bar in like <laughs> six years or something like that. I mean, it's been a really long time since we've been into a bar. And, and the love that we had when we first met and that intensity, that fire, that what... It's not the same. There's still an intensity to it. It's a different love, though. It is very. It is a very different love now. A longer lasting love. A a, a more respectful love than when we were first together. And I think sometimes couples assume that 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 fire is going to last the entire time. But you know, fire it'll burn you if you get <laughs> too close. You know. Yes. Yes. And I think that you've got to learn how you have to be friends first before you can do anything else. I mean, because friendship will take you much further than, you know, passion, I think. Definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. That's actually one of the things I was going to chat about with um, the questions to talk to your partner about or to kind of evaluate is the passion versus partnership and can you find the balance? Because actually what I, it can go too far the other way, right? Where you see it a lot with couples that say, we feel like business partners, you know, we feel like two ships in the night. We feel like, you know, we don't feel like romantic anymore. And that's where you get affairs. That's where you get divorces. That's where you get, you know, things going very awry. So I think passion absolutely has its place as well as partnership. So it's got to be kind of that balance because when you see one, you know, taking over the fiery passion isn't always sustainable, but the partnership purely without passion also isn't very sustainable. And that's what I get a lot of too, is, is that kind of couple coming to, for help of like, what do we do? Do we just divorce now or, or what happens next? Well, I feel like divorce is a lot more accessible now than it used to be too. I mean, when it, it, a lot of people ask like, how, how were you two together for so long? I mean, I think typically it's because they look at me and think, how the hell does he deal with me? <laughs> But, but, you know, it was a decision. Actually, it's a decision. We just made a choice never to break up. That was just a choice that we made that no matter what, we would figure it out and we would work it out. And I, and there have been periods in our relationship, three, four, five months. And we're not talking short periods of time. I mean, we're talking, you know, months and months where we did not agree that we did not get along. We did, we never stopped loving each other, but we didn't agree on something or or we were just in different places in our in our life but that's the ebb and flow of it yeah right exactly so you talk about this questionnaire what is this questionnaire that you're talking about just kind of things that couples should really talk about before they make this final decision or even to make it a little bit less scary because sometimes i run into um when i work with couples pre-wedding they're a little bit afraid that i'm going to tell them something that they don't want to hear. <laughs> like that I'm going to tell them, oh, you're like, not you astrologically you too... compatible. <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You'd be so surprised. People just, you know, act Sorry. like I'm going to give them some terrible news. Um, but <laughs> I think it's more about, you know, being honest with what you really want out of the relationship. And that's really more what I'm trying to get at with people with the questions is, so many of these things can be worked out pre-wedding and we have, you know, an immense amount of free will in our relationships. And I think that's where people get a little worried when they come to me for the astrology of it. They're afraid I'm going to, you know, tell them that it's not written in the stars. But what I tell them is that we have a lot more free will than we think. So can you work out these issues? Yes. Do you want to work them out or do you want to be in a marriage like this? that's up to you. That's not something I can tell them. That's not, not something anybody can tell them. So for some people, 
they're maybe okay with getting less out of the relationship. They'd rather the partnership versus the passion. And they're genuinely okay with that. Really the questionnaire, I guess I get out with people is authentically, what is it that you want out of this relationship? And that's what I want to help them achieve. So it's not, you know, like a test of yes, you're compatible. No, you're not. We all have different degrees of compatibility, but are you okay with this level that you and your partner are naturally at? What, so what are the, what, you know, what are the telltale signs that you think, you know, what is like a big, obviously if if you're a Tina Turner moment, then definitely you do not say I do, but (laughs) there are, there are other, other like kind of moments that, and, and I think you hit on this. It's like, what are you going to be able to deal with? What are you comfortable with in your mm-hmm. relationship? Because sometimes it is much more of a business relationship. And that is their love. That is what works for them. And others, you know, it's it's play dates with a third or a fourth. And that is their right. kind of world. Um, you know, it's different. I'm assuming it's different for everybody. Well, because everybody's set point is different. Yeah. So is is that true? It's different for everybody? Yeah, I would say it is different for everybody and what they kind of expect out of it. And so you really, it is really just when you meet with a couple, it's really just you're feeling your way through their emotions and kind of reading how they're both reacting to the questions more than how they're answering the questions themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can tell, um, you know, when someone's, saying like, oh, well, he doesn't do this, but it's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. I don't worry about it. And it's like, okay, you do though. <laughs> like, it's, it's okay, but like you do. And, you know, you're kind of reading between the lines of, you know, or even just things that don't seem maybe like a big deal. You know, this is the time to kind of catch them before they become a big deal. Because again, you're talking about for the rest of your life, this is what you're agreeing to. So are you genuinely okay with this for the rest of your life? Even if you're saying like, well, it doesn't bother me that much right now. Okay, but if they do this exact thing for 10 years, in 10 years, are you going to have that same reaction? Right. And so what do you think about people pulling credit reports? Yes? No? Um, I mean, I think being really (laughs) upfront and honest about the finances is huge for sure. And especially if they feel like there's maybe something someone's not being honest about. But again, if you're really at that point of distrust, like, are you sure you guys are married or, um, but yeah, I think being extreme front is going to be what you really want to do. So I think you should maybe have your credit reports pulled up and your bank accounts and really take that genuine that I think that's a great tool and exercise. Really? Yeah. I'm actually, that goes against all the world of like written love stories is like pull out your bank account. You know, I mean, that that's like the horror yeah. story that everybody <laughs> thinks about is like, oh, she only loves me because of my bank account. And it's like, well, maybe that's, maybe that's true. But you're saying not a horrible thing that you talk about money before the big I do. No, I think it's great because you don't, I think a lot of where you see like these instant divorces is because once you've made that commitment, people begin to feel extremely trapped in something. And so if you spring them, then they're like, oh, you tricked me into this, or I feel really blindsided, or now I'm stuck with you and your credit problems. <laughs> like, whereas <laughs> if you're upfront about it, truthful before you go into it, then maybe they won't panic and they'll, you can kind of work on a plan and, um, You know, I am big into the astrology, but I'm also very big into the grounding it into earth (laughs) and being very upfront of financials can make or break marriages, not just because of, you know, the financial itself, but hiding of it, the discrepancies, feeling lied to. Those are the kinds of resentments that really take hold and topple relationships. So, yeah, I'm all about like, let's get real. Let's get down to earth. Let's look at each other's finances and yeah, and make because then you're being yeah. honest. I mean, you yeah, know, but, you're, you're, you're laying all your cards on the table. That's Let like, me ask you a question. Um, wow. so like, I know I can say, and I'm sure Keith can probably agree too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we've met couples over the years, and they're you know, you sit down with them and you're talking about the plans for the wedding, and you kind of get a read on them that 
you just don't think this is going to be the long lasting one. Yes. And and you kind of wonder, are we going to even get to the day? So the question is like, as people who, I mean, although my background was in psychology and sociology, not everybody's is. And it's also out of my niche of what my scope of my business is. So I would not want to like, obviously take that on, you know, we're not the professionals. How do we kind of steer them into the direction of, you know, I think it would be a great idea to speak with somebody without (laughs) having that, without being so forward about it, you know, like in a very like, you know, laid back kind of way. Like, I really think that like some people just walk in and you know, from the get go, this is not going to work. Great and question. Then there are other couples yeah. that walk in, and you're like, "This is, this is a match made in heaven." You can just you you feel it, you see it, you know, you know it. Yeah, how but that you, is a great question. How where, do you? Where do how you, you yeah, what do you do? How, how do you how do you urge somebody to go seek counseling when they don't know they need it themselves? I think for people in the industry, it's actually easier than you think because you could a really easily phrase it as like you know, this is just a really stressful time for couples. And I recommend all my couples to get some assistance during this time or, you know, whatever it is. Um, my sessions that are specifically around soonlyweds, I call them set up for success. But that could be a really easy way to say like, oh, this is part of our event package. Or, you know, we just always like refer you to this person or um, that way it kind of makes it seem a little bit less like, wow, you guys need help. And more like, oh, everybody does this. It's like premarital counseling. It's so easy. Like, you know, it's just a lot more laid back. If you think it's like a really serious issue, you know, you could also just kind of have somebody at the ready. Like you could have levels of like, you know. That's funny. Like, have you spoken about clergy? This is my friend's therapist and she specializes. (laughs) Yeah, just really. I mean, I think the less you know, you could make it kind of, um, I don't know, like I try to make mine sound kind of like the, they've got a little cachet, like, oh, you can get your astrology done. And it's like all the celebrities do it, which is true, right? Like they do, but right, right, you can just make right. it sound a lot more upbeat. Than like, oh, you've got these major issues. I don't think you should get paid. <laughs> you know, and it's true, like that. anyone who is yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I have. I've actually told. I've actually told a bride. I said, "You're getting married to, for the party. You're not getting married to get married. Mm-hmm. You're getting married for the party, and you need to be really careful because I think in six months we're going to be talking about a cancellation issue, and you're signing wow. this contract by yourself because he doesn't want to sign it with you. Big red flag. You two need to really talk about that." And she's like, "No, no, 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 no. That's not true." Blah blah. blah. Signed away. And guess what? Six months later, she lost 10 grand because she lost her deposit. And it's like, I warned her. I mean, and that's once. I mean, I've only had to do that once in the 20 plus years I've been doing this. So it was obvious. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, like none of us are, you know, none of us are miracle workers. Like we can't sew together something that's falling apart. We can't force someone, you know, at the end of the day, this is their free will, their decision. So, I mean, we can only do what we can do. <laughs> you can recommend them to go to these sessions. You could right. say, you know, but at the end of the day, our responsibility is actually pretty limited of, you know, it's not on us. We're not making this decision for them. This is their thing. Thank God. Well, you know, and I mean, because we all in the industry have <laughs> horror stories, have horror <laughs> stories of people leaving before they say I do. I mean, we've had runaway brides. We've oh, had yes. runaway grooms. We've well, had people. Oh, I mean the the industry is full of stories of this i mean and if you've or been like, in this yeah business long you, enough you, pop into, you you run into somebody and you think they're still married to the same couple you know the same person that they married when you did their wedding oh, and you come to find that. out they were the totally second person you know and they didn't uh, come back to you because they were so embarrassed I no. never assume people are married. Oh, I would never assume. Never no. assume that people are like, hey, no. oh, how's How it going? How are things going? <laughs> yeah, very yeah, nice. I would never assume. <laughs> yeah. So how does this like tie into the the idea of uh, apologies I never received? You know, the, the apologies I never got. Because you talked about the the 
the past hurts affecting your current relationship, right? And that many times you can write your own apology that somebody mm -hmm. should owes you, right? And so how does that come yeah. into playing for planning for a future relationship, a future marriage? You know, are there are there some, you know, some reoccurring themes of hurt that people have had that you see more and more often? Because you mentioned something earlier, you said, oh, um, oh I, he cheated on me before. I've been cheated on before. So I just assume everybody cheats. But that's yeah. not that's not really true. No, and that's a really good way to tank your future relationships because then you start holding your new partner accountable for your past partner's mistakes. Right. And yeah, so that's a big one. Um, and that's part of what I do in my sessions is I actually go through the three-step apology process with them, whether it's individually or, if, you know, sometimes you have couples that have their own resentments of each other. Like, oh, well, when we were in college, he cheated on me. And it's actually within that uh, relationship. So you have that. Or even if it's just the same fight they have over and over. I mean, you know, people can have these little hidden resentments about all kinds of things. Um, so I actually use my apology process, my apology process in sessions with the couples on past things of their own relationship or past things that I'm seeing are affecting the current relationship. And you said it's a three-step apology process. What, is that, what does that look like? Yeah, so it's basically you start with um, validation. And so it's going through and having someone write out all the emotions they felt around the incident or the fight or whatever it is. It's either them writing this themselves or the partner can also provide an apology as well. But it's made about getting the closure. Off. So mm. it would be kind of saying like, like whatever the apology is. So if you felt, you know, abandoned, then it's saying, sorry, you felt abandoned. I'm sorry. You felt sad. I'm sorry. You felt traumatized. And, and just going through kind of every emotion, there's no filter, whatever you're doing it. That's what you're going to apologize for and write yourself. And then I do the acknowledgement piece, which is, you know, a lot of times there's like, well, I was a good girlfriend. I can't believe you cheated on me. I didn't deserve that. It's like, yeah, you're oh. right. No one deserves to be cheated on. No one deserves to be lied to. Or right. even if at the base, like, you're right. It was a painful experience for you. So that's the acknowledgement piece where they're saying, you know, I'm sorry it happened. I'm sorry it was so painful. I'm sorry you didn't deserve it. But All of that is self-directed compassion. And then can't you have, you, uh, you know, can't, can't that get a little tricky though? It's like, I'm sorry, you feel bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can get very <laughs> pissy with how you say it. You know, I'm so sorry you felt abandoned. Not that you were, but I'm sorry you felt it. You know, I mean, there's. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like. That's, that's, that's the rule. Like, like you really it. have to set it up. You really have to set it up because mainly I do it individually and if it is a situation between the two of them, like where someone did get cheated on in college, then right. I really set it up of like, we're not filtering this. This is an emotional experience. So you can't really fight with someone about that. You know, it's right. like, this is how they experienced it, whether you perceived it that way or not. So this is experiential based. It's not factual. It's not logical. It's purely emotional. That's all we're getting at with it. So that kind of takes the pace off of arguing or being like, oh yeah, I'm really sorry about that. It's like, if you're, if you're not in a space to actually hear what your partner is saying, then we're not going to do this together. <laughs> we're going to do oh it. Oh my anyway. God. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry because that's Brooke Logan's donor. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I told you she's like Kramer. She'll just slide in in the middle of it. And I know, I know she's been listening to this and been itching to get on because we've been talking about some things I know she's been focused on. I just kept counting to her lashes. Like she started talking finances. I was like, Oh, you're right. <laughs> but you know, obviously it takes more than one session. I'm assuming. Right. Yes. Bethany. Right. Okay. Cause I was about to say that you can't just get over some of this stuff right away. But then there's the lighter hearted side of this. And I think that humor is a great healing aspect, which is why I want to talk yes. about your Instagram a little bit, because your Instagram yes, is yes. 
fabulous. I mean, <laughs> oh my God, the apologies I never get. I'm sorry I accidentally texted you about how bad our date was. <laughs> I'm sorry I made out with my ex at a Halloween party. What? I'm sorry I compared pictures of you to my ex on our first date. Are these real? These are 100% real. These are no. very real. Yes, they are. A lot of them happen to people I know directly. I do take submissions from just kind of the general, but that's always my thing is like, this has got to be real. And I don't even, I mean, half the time I don't even need submissions because everyone's got these stories. I have so many friends that, um, you know, awesome. that I, lo I love this one. I said I was 22 when I was actually 42. Don't pictures of the ex. What's that? Oh, that, that one reached I, I said I was 22 when I was actually 42. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's I'm so, I mean, that like, part. that's so genuine. I mean, like, <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. Maybe not that big of an age gap. But not maybe that big, right. But yeah, that's a big one, even for well, the Let's try starting with girl. 10 instead of just, like, slapping 20 around like that. That's... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. I, I, I am sorry I cried on our first date. Oh, that's so me. I did. I totally cried on my first date. I swear really? to God. I totally, I totally cried on my first date. And luckily it wasn't right after sex. Thank God. Because that would have been <laughs> I was going to say there actually was one that was a sex one that they cried after having sex for the first time. But I was like, I don't know if I want to add that one. I'm like unsure. But if it's relatable, I might go ahead and do it. Jeez, wasn't your first date like you both tell each other why you guys should not be together? And oh, 100%. Oh yeah, wow. our, our first date. Oh my God, we were we. It was we had such a good time, and we and we obviously clicked on all sorts of levels, and we did the horrible, the worst thing you possibly could do, which was go home and have sex off of, after your first date. And we, afterwards, we were like, "You do not want to date me because such and such, because I am not in a place for it. I just moved here. I'm just not in the. You know, I'm not. I'm not an adult enough. Blah 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 blah. I mean, like a list. Well, by how do you want your ex, babe? <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, how do you want like your eggs, babe? You know, and I mean, it was, it, I mean, it really was. It was, we told each other the absolute worst things about ourselves. And I think that's actually why it worked, wow. to be honest, because we kind of like low, put that bar really low. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you so, just so put it all out there. It's like you're in or you're out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we did. We totally put it out, out there. It's like, look, you know, this is who I am, and this is this is all the the real raw dog kind of stuff behind the behind the scenes. And you either take it or you let, you leave it. And yeah, yeah. I feel like you both clearly wanted that challenge. You're like, I'm up for this challenge. Like, <laughs> I can do that. Roll the yeah. dice. <laughs> well, that's a good. Actually, Bethany, that's actually a really good question. Do you, do you find that there are some people out there that like a fixer upper and that think that they're going to find this person and that they see a diamond in the rough, so to speak, but don't realize that that diamond in the rough is always going to be a diamond in the rough. You you can't fix a diamond in the rough. There's no such thing as fixing. You know, but do yeah. you find people fall into that that trap? Oh yeah, oh yeah, the wounded healer kind of archetype. Ooh, of, wounded healer, yeah. I love that. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of that, and that's Chapter where you get into a all. lot of like, oh, it won't be this bad forever. It's like no, it right? Like, You're like, what, yes, it will. It will totally be. This like, <laughs> yeah, or they the breaks on, even though they know that it is the right person. Oh yeah, what about that? Mm -hmm. What about people that that put on the brakes and you're like, what are you doing? Why are you putting on the brakes? You two are obviously made for each other. Yeah, that <laughs> one usually. That. <laughs> yeah, that usually comes down to attachment theory, where you have kind of an avoidant attachment, where um, you know they just really don't trust the person because they don't trust love. They don't trust you know whether their family dynamic was a certain way of right. Um. You know, they learned that they couldn't trust people or even to the extent that love is painful, right? If you love a parent and they don't treat you well, now you've ingrained, this is what love feels like. This is something I don't want. So that's really, when I see kind of that, I'm like, let's talk about your child. <laughs> let's talk I'm about like, oh my your God, that's very child. Got a little Sybil thing going on there. I'm like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so, I mean, so what do you do in those circumstances? What if you find that you're, you're, you know, you're in the middle of the planning process, you, you, 
you find somebody like me, you find somebody like Marcy that says, hey, by the way, you know, a lot of my couples are really stressed and they should go to a counselor. And then they do go to the counselor and they find, whoa, crap, we shouldn't be together. You know, and now we got to cancel the wedding. I mean, because that does add a whole nother level of stress because then you're not just talking about the couple. You're talking about parents. You're talking about finances. You're talking about money. Oh, you that retainer, darling. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you the guests are like, already showing up. The guests are already, they've already paid for their plane tickets and all yeah. of that. I mean, do you, do you tell people, it's like, look, it's, it's worth not being in a lifetime of pain and for the shorter period of pain. Yeah, or sending out, sending all the presents back because you've gotten divorced, you know, a month later. Or um, there was one person I knew who actually ended up sleeping with the caterer and ended up divorcing and marrying the caterer. <laughs> and yes. that's like, I mean, the wedding happened, right? Like the wedding happened, but this was the person she got with. And so it's like, I mean, Wait. that's obviously a very extreme experience. Oh, but it's I like... know one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that the the wedding still went on, but it, with a different person? No, no. She had her wedding to one man and got right. with the caterer from that wedding and ended up divorcing him and marrying the caterer. The so caterer. there were two weddings. Okay, the, the two weddings. Right. The first <laughs> wedding was enormously extravagant. like. The bridesmaids had literal like Cinderella ball gowns. Like the whole thing had to have cost, I mean, close to a million, if not more. Yeah, and so it's yeah, like, yeah. which scenario would you prefer? <laughs> like the, the oh, you know, yeah. whole, I mean, everyone knew that's like, you know, when they see the new wedding invitations of the next wedding, you're like, that name looks familiar. Like, oh, that must have been some damn like, laps of Thermidor, honey. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I, like, I actually had a. I actually had a bride. I actually had a bride that had that a wedding, and I and she had the most amazing photo, and all. And it's a local photographer that did her photo, and they made her look amazing. So I had her photo up on my wall, and and she actually ended up having to get divorced because she got pregnant by her chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm like, okay, that's a different kind of stretching. I don't understand that. Okay. <laughs> I do know, I do know of a caterer that actually wound up marrying her client yeah. after yeah. his initial wedding. And it's just like, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it does happen. I it mean, does happen. Well, because life is it messy. It does happen. And that's something that's, that's 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 that do happen. Real left turn, real fast and hard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know, but that's because life. Yeah. yeah, because but that's because life is messy. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, love doesn't follow the 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 world as we supposedly know it. I mean, love doesn't have the same rules around it that we would like them to to have. Sometimes it is messy. Sometimes it is happens out of the most random places. But how do you know that that that's the real thing? And that was actually exactly. a question, Bethany. You know I know everybody got Bethany. real quiet. Everybody got real quiet right there. Yeah. Like, how do you, yeah. <laughs> how, but how do you know? It was like a real, I didn't know if it was rhetorical or. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. You know? Yeah, but, I, that's I think it's like, how do you know it's real? But is there, you know, is it a tingly? Is it like, That's you know, a good question. What? And that's the thing that none of them, they have to decide it. Wow. That's a big gamble. That yeah, is a big gamble. I think it really just comes gamble. down to, yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so there's just really, and so what you're saying is that there's really just no for sures in this in this world. There just isn't. There's not. There's not because you can have people who on paper look amazing, who astrologically look amazing, who you're sitting across from them and you're like, wow, these this connection is so great. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's, it's Maybe on them. It's their decision. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, they might prefer the caterer. Like, that's and that's funny. not anything we can all control <laughs> or predict particularly. All right. So now I'm going to get into the, the, the astrology portion of it because I'm really fascinated with this particular part of your, because everything that you've said so far makes total sense. I look at you and I think, Yes, I get it. I hear it. It makes total sense. How does the astrology part come into how you talk to your clients? Because I think of astrology as way as terms that 
give me an ability to connect to something that I don't really understand, right? And so it, it gives my brain something to be able to go, okay, yeah, I get that. Okay, Libra has these kind of things to it. Okay, I understand that. It doesn't, does that make sense? Like it, it gives me definition on something that is typically undefinable. Is it, is, is yeah, absolutely. Is that, is yeah, that how definitely. you, how you approach it? Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I mean, I, with different couples, I tweak the language, you know, sometimes I have to take out the exact astrology wording because maybe they're not comfortable with it, but I mean, the concepts and the archetypes are still there. So right. a lot of the ways it shows up is communication. That's really where I can use it. I, or I feel like I use it the most is how they communicate with each other and just kind of their general energy levels and different things. Because once you take out kind of the blame of like, you communicate wrong, I communicate correctly. And it's just like, no, it's just different. Like you're a Libra. This is your kind of avoidance, what you do. <laughs> it's how you communicate. This is an Aries. They're very direct. Like nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. This is just how you communicate. And then it's like, oh, Okay, and it just takes out the stigma and this blame, and it's just kind of working with our own natural tendencies. And so, even if you take the astrology term out, right? Like, even if I say, I love that, I take Libra out and I just say, You're a more bankator, you tend to avoid conflict. They're like, Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm like, Yeah, that's exactly what a Libra is, but it's fine. (laughs) Like, we'll just use different terminology. Like, but I love so that because it really kind of does take the stigma out of it. It takes the total stigma out of it. You're not telling somebody you don't know how to communicate or you, you know, you communicate too directly. You're saying, you know, you're an Aries. Of course you communicate directly. And of course, and then people go, oh, that's yeah. it. You know, oh, I get that. I totally get that. I love that 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 takes away some of the the, the pressure, so to speak, you know, of, of you're doing it wrong. I'm doing it right. Right. Yeah. And then it gives you tools to kind of, you know, because Aries can tend to be, for example, more fiery in their communication. So you're like, yeah, this is your tendency, but this is how you learn to dial it back. Or this is how you learn to use it for you instead of against you. Or like, you know, your partner doesn't, you know, accept your communication that way. So when you're trying to conflict, you know, resolve, then this is better way to kind of communicate with them. So it takes the stigma out, but it also gives you tools of how to work with that very specific energy that you're maybe presenting so that you can have a good relationship. So it's not, you're wrong, I'm right. Or, you know, oh, it's an Aries, so you don't have to worry about it. It's it's kind of a mix of like, yeah, it's okay that you're fiery. That's your nature, but we right. don't want to burn the house down. We want to learn how to utilize this nature in a way that's beneficial to you and your relationship. <laughs> Brooke's like, where's the match? <laughs> match. I'm like, so yeah, torch. Like, well, me too, bro. Me too. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is so funny. I get the job done. Trust me. <laughs> I ain't got you know, time for that little match. <laughs> right. I don't really, but I, you know, the overall, I don't really understand astrology. I mean, I understand the basic concepts. Everybody understands, like, oh, I'm a Libra or I'm a Scorpio or I'm on the cusp of Libra and Scorpio because that's actually I am because October 21st. But I mean, do mm-hmm. you find that these qualities are tend tend to be follow people that are those signs like do you find that libras actually do have similar qualities to each other yeah i mean there's a lot to the chart so you look at you know their three top which is their sun moon rising you look at their mercury which is their communication you look at their venus which is their relationship and there's different aspects of how they can present but when you figure out what energy they're kind of leading with then yeah, they absolutely fall into that. And you can really? see a lot of it. And a lot of the times I can intuitively pick up on, oh yeah, this person's got a water moon. I'm not sure which moon it is. It's, <laughs> you've got some watery energy. That's kind of... <laughs> well, where you see them communicate that way, I guess. Right. So, I mean, the and... and I'm going to throw something random out because I'm also a science geek. And so supposedly the stars that we're looking at, those stars no longer exist in, in 
from their beginnings. How is that then pulled into your astrology chart? Is it brought into it at all at the idea that, you know, that the, the stars that we, we are actually looking at no longer exist in this specific time and space? I know that's a random question. Sorry. That's a correct question. What was it? You cut out a little. Oh, so, you know, the, the idea that the stars that we're looking at actually do not exist currently. We're just looking at their light that it has been shined at. Yeah. Us, but, you know, but if you go to that actual star, that star no longer exists currently. So, you know, how mm -hmm. does astrology pull in some of the, that, that mm -hmm. thought process? You know, how does it combine a little bit of the science piece with it, with the, the astrology piece? Or does it? So like the light, you're saying that the light has some kind of like a Sorry, memory there. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is that when you look up in the stars right now, what we're seeing is from 3 million or 3 trillion years ago, but that star mm -hmm. is no longer actually there. And so that's what they say when they're, they're looking at the telescope and they said that we're looking mm -hmm. back 3 billion years or 3 trillion years because you're only seeing a, a, the light of it, but the actual item that produced the light in the first place no longer exists That's it's great. gone isn't that crazy so you know i always wonder like mm -hmm. how does astrology kind of account for mm -hmm. for some of that, that or crazy. or does it actually make sense because you know we're all born out of the supposed the big bang and so that light is always going to be a part of who we are you know fundamentally Did I just yeah absolutely <laughs> i yeah. think i got all so it's kind of like an evolution that just doesn't go <laughs> It just yeah. stays right, right. Yeah. But you know, so the, so one day, so Marcy, look, mm -hmm. let's think think about it this way. One day you're gonna look up at the, the star at the North Star and it's no longer gonna be there. It's what right. you see as the North Star may not be in millions of years, it'll be millions and millions of years past way when you know <laughs> we Earth, Earth is dead <laughs> itself. But the that the the light that is the North Star will no longer be there because the 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 star that originally produced that light is no longer in existence. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I think about I that. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, actually, yeah, ch yeah. check that Let's, out. I know we just went totally on the left totally. Let's go back to let's go back to relationships because now I'm looking at the stars with my my lover, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're not Jacob. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> look at Brooke's face. <laughs> <laughs> She's speechless. Oops, gas, cracks. What? <laughs> something. Wow. But what about you personally, <laughs> Bethany? How does this work into your your personal life? Do you find that people say, "Well, if you're giving other people advice, how are you, you know, putting it into your own life?" Because I can plan a wedding, but do not ask me to get married, kind of thing. It's like, oh my god, mm -hmm. I, do as I say, don't do as I do, kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do get asked that a lot. Um, and I think really, I'm very authentic. Like the horse I ride in on is like, I have a lot of this knowledge about it from experience as well. And I'm yeah. very authentic of like, I have things that I work on. I have, I've had good relationships. I've had absolutely horrendous ones. And it's, I mean, this is stuff that, you know, when I'm working with a couple, I'm not emotionally engaged in their outcome. So I have a much different perspective on it than with my own relationships or my own childhood or my own traumas. I mean, those are things that, you know, we all have to work through individually. And so I'm very yeah. authentic about the things I work on. I'm very authentic with clients of, and I think that's how you can tell a really good healer or a good psychic or a good whatever is if they're able to tell you I'm a human and this is what I struggle with. And this is what I work to overcome. And just being really authentic with that, because I think when you have the people who say, you know, oh, my husband and I don't have any problems or I don't have any issues or, you know, you're like, then have you gone through anything? Like, I don't trust you. Like, uh, you know, it's like that's the best funny. addiction counselors are the ones who've been addicts. I feel like that's kind of yes. a lot of the industry is like, I'm good at what I do because I've been there. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to look at you. I mean, you, I worked in social services before I did this, like nothing you say to me is going to shake me on any level. And so I feel like I can really get at people's problems because they feel safe. They feel like they can trust me. Like I'm not going to say like, oh, that's so horrible that you think that about your that's husband. It's right. like, 
house. It's like, no, I get it. I've had those thoughts too. (laughs) Haven't we all? Like, it's okay. Let's just dig into them. And I don't know. That's, I guess, like my, you know. But I didn't talk my grandmother up. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Relationships take work. And I think sometimes people are so in this day and age are so willing to just like, okay, it's not working. I'm, I'm out. And, yeah. you know, you're always going to, no matter whatever the relationship is, you're always going to have ups and downs is getting through it together and finding a way to make things, you know, move forward. So let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about the real elephant in the room. What do we do about people that don't write thank you notes? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us, that is Marcy's big pet peeve. It's like, <laughs> why did you not write a thank you note? I brought you a gift to your bar mitzvah. You should have written me a thank you note. <laughs> <laughs> or wedding. <laughs> you should no, write I mean, them a I, I think that, you know, and then mail it. That's right. See, I mean, come on. I mean, parents need to understand that how it's done you know, and mail it to them. That's funny. I think that's that parents give their kids a pass because they want their kid to just you know enjoy life. Yeah. But part yeah. of part of growing up is about and having relationships with people is about you know finding that commonality of being respectful to another person, another human. I agree. We're going to have to go through the three-step apology process with exactly. you in order to get you over this. <laughs> Just be a decent human being. <laughs> oh, you. my God. So Bethany, Bethany, you've been amazing. Um, if, if somebody wants to get in, in touch with you uh, via social media, how would they do that? How do they go about finding you? Yeah, so I have the Apologies I Never Got Instagram, which is just those. It's just the Apologies. Um, and then I have my own, which has more about like my sessions and the astrology and all the other things. And that's at Bethany Nicole Love. And, and then uh, my website has everything combined too. And that's just BethanyNicole.com. And by the way, if you're watching our YouTube show, you'll see it on the ticker tape below. Um, at you got to go check her Instagram account. you got to go check this. I mean, it this, is very funny. It is very funny. Apologies. I never got it will make you feel like you're connected to every other individual out there because you're like, damn it. That's right. I never got that damn apology and somebody else actually had it happen (laughs) to them. Uh, So again, Bethany, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being on the show. We're so, 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 so happy and so thankful that you're here. And luckily we will not have to apologize for this. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe we will. I don't know. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, and of course, thank you, gorgeous, the always gorgeous Brooke Logan Stoner and my co-host Marcy <laughs> <Thank Cooper>. <laughs> with an event to remember by Marcy. I'm your host, Keith Willard. We will see you next Tuesday at two o'clock. But for now, everybody say goodbye. Bye. Bye.